Hey everyone, thanks for joining me today on the Be High Performing Podcast. I'm your host, Brendan Eisenhut. As a mental performance coach, I help people maximize their performance in anything they do by applying game-changing psychological principles. Whether you're an athlete, a business professional, a performing artist, you name it, I can help you train your brain to reach levels of performance you never thought possible. Let's get started. Today's testimonial is from Caitlin Estrada, head girls water polo coach at Rancho Bernardo High School. She says, Brennan's expertise was an invaluable resource for my student athletes who were struggling with challenges ranging from performance anxiety to focus. He provided practical skills that they could implement daily in practices, games, school, and at home. His experiences as a student athlete meant he was able to engage with our athletes in an authentic way that resonated with their own experiences. Thank you so much for that testimonial, Coach Estrada. It was a blast working with your water polo team, and I was blown away by their openness and their active participation and everything they did to apply what we were working on between our sessions. It's been so fun to see their growth. If you would like me to come in and work with your team, whether it's an athletic team, a business team, a performing arts team, whatever it is, I would love to come and serve you and help you to reach levels of performance and well-being you never have before. Reach out to me at brennan at beehighperforming.com. Also, if you'd like to share a testimonial about my podcast or any of my courses or services, please do so either on Apple Podcasts or email me at brennan at beehighperforming.com. As we share our experiences with the work that we're doing here, we help others to join us on the journey to high performance. And you might even hear your testimonial on the show. Okay, it's time to continue our discussion about how we can manage anxiety effectively by effectively managing our relationship with our inner guardian. In our previous podcast, I talked about four tips that would help you to begin that process of effectively managing that relationship. And just as a reminder, our inner guardians are the mechanism in our brains that are constantly scanning for danger and trying to warn us about that danger. And that is so helpful. But if it goes overboard and we give it too much power, it can bring us down and hold us back from living our best life. And again, as we talked about last time, these guardians tend to be overprotective. They tend to give us more warnings than are actually helpful, but fighting against them tends to not be effective. So we have to learn how to develop a healthy relationship with our inner guardians so that we can work with them effectively instead of fighting against them and just making things worse. We're gonna hop into the next tips. Tip five with managing this relationship with your inner guardian is that if you decide that taking action in accordance with a warning that your guardian is giving you, if you decide that that would not be helpful, then thank your guardian for trying to help you. But let it know why that warning isn't actually helpful and tell it what you're going to focus on instead. 
So let's break this down a little bit. There are various parts to this that are all based on principles that are really helpful for this. So we start with thanking our guardian because again, when we see our guardian as a bad thing, as this force that's against us and trying to bring us down because anxiety is so uncomfortable, when we see the guardian in that way, we tend to demonize them and therefore see them as the enemy and therefore fight against them. And when we fight against those warnings going on in our head that are trying to tell us about potential dangers, we tend to just enter into this downward spiral instead of making any sort of productive progress in a good direction. It's just debilitating and paralyzing to get stuck in that fight. It's almost like your guardian is kind of like a big sumo wrestler. And they're very caring and very kind, but at the same time, if you try to budge that thing, if you try to push it away, you're just not going to have any hope. You can't move that guy. You have to handle this in a more diplomatic way, in a more friendly way. So we see our guardian instead as not an enemy, but as a friend. Your guardian is trying to help you. So again, if a warning that it's giving you isn't helpful, first start off by thanking it and saying, hey, guardian, insert name here, thank you so much for trying to help me. I really appreciate it. And then after that, let it know why that warning isn't actually helpful. Sometimes our brains need a little bit of guidance and we can guide our subconscious brains, which is where our inner voice, our inner guardian is. We can guide our subconscious brains with conscious speech. So we can talk to our inner guardians and help them understand why a warning may not be so helpful. So going back to an example that I brought up in the previous episode, if your inner guardian is telling you not to take a shot because it might be painful or embarrassing to miss the shot, and you realize that that's not a very helpful warning, you might say something like, hey, inner guardian, Thank you so much for trying to protect me from that pain of potentially missing the shot. Yeah, it might be kind of embarrassing. I might feel a little silly, but at the same time, that warning isn't very helpful for me because I want to take calculated risks in my sport because I want to compete at a high level. I want to do my best. And if I do happen to miss, I can be okay with that. I can learn from that. It won't be the end of the world at all. In fact, I see missing and making mistakes as just a normal and healthy part of the process. As you go through this, you're helping your inner guardian to just kind of see and begin to understand and gather data about what is helpful for you and what is less helpful for you. And that doesn't mean that they'll just all of a sudden be way, way better, but it does help begin to rewire your brain to begin warning you in more helpful ways and stop warning you in less helpful ways. It's probably never going to be perfect. Unhelpful forms of anxiety are probably always going to play some role in our thought processes, but we can make our brains get better and better and stronger and stronger at warning us in healthy, helpful ways instead of unproductive, counterproductive ways. So 
Give your guardian that instruction, help them understand why it's not helpful, and then move into telling your guardian what you're going to focus on instead. This is critically important because if we only think about what we don't want to focus on, we leave this space here where then we're not filling that gap with something productive to focus on. And if we don't have something productive to focus on, then your inner guardian will kind of feel like it has no choice but just to go back to that warning, focusing on that warning that it was already giving you if you don't feed it something else to focus on instead. So in this example, you decide, okay, I'm gonna focus on something else instead of on the possibility of missing this shot. Maybe instead I will focus on being excited to attempt this shot or being excited to make this shot. It could be anything, whatever you want to focus on that's a productive way, a helpful way of viewing the situation, focus on that. Fill the empty space so that the inner guardian has something helpful to use instead of just giving it nothing and then it fills in that space on its own by just bringing the warning back up. Tip number six is if the warning that your guardian is giving you is helpful, if it's something that if you take action in accordance with this warning, that that'll be a helpful, a productive thing to do, then still again, thank your guardian for all that he or she is doing to help you. And then you have two options. Option one is to take action right now to address the concern. Or option two is to schedule a time to take action to address the concern. Both of these can be extremely productive and helpful depending on your needs in the situation. So again, going back to an example that I brought up in the previous episode, let's say your inner guardian is giving you the warning, hey, finances aren't looking great. We might not be able to pay rent this month and you're staying up at night having these thoughts over and over and over again about your fears with these finances that are very, very real fears. Again, you have two options. You can take action right now, or you can schedule a time to take action. Let's say these are actually happening in the middle of the day. Maybe you actually do have time right now to begin working on a plan for budgeting, for your income, for whatever kind of plan you need to make to make sure to the best of your ability that you can pay rent this month. But let's say this is happening actually in the middle of the night. It's two in the morning and you're waking up with anxiety about your finances. Two in the morning might not be the best time to take action on this warning. But this could be a great time to schedule a time because if you're having a hard time sleeping, you're tossing and turning because your inner guardian is warning you over and over and over again, it's gonna be difficult to get the rest that you need. So sometimes the only thing that your inner guardian needs is for you to reassure it that you will address this problem at a specific time. And what that tells your inner guardian is, hey, we have this scheduled, we are going to address this, so there's no more need to keep warning me about this right now because we're going to address it at 
X, Y, or Z day and time. When you give it that reassurance, all of a sudden it says, oh, okay, great. That's awesome. I'm really glad you're going to be addressing that. And then it tends to kind of calm down on its own. Not all the time. Sometimes it stays in a little bit of a fit. But so often, just scheduling a time to take action in accordance with a warning that it's giving you is all that it needs to kind of take a deep breath and tone the messages down a little bit because it understands that you're going to address this thing and that it will be taken care of. Finally, tip number seven is to then, at this point, consider what you can do right now to be the best possible version of yourself in the present moment. Whether you did step five or step six, again, step five involved recognizing that the warning that your inner guardian was giving you is not a helpful one, and that you do things with that. And then step six was what you do if the warning is helpful. So either way, whether the warning was unhelpful and you dealt with it in that way, or it was helpful and you dealt with that, Now, in step seven, it's time to just think, okay, what can I do right now to be the best possible version of myself in the present moment? This helps your inner guardian in various ways. One is that when we're focusing on the present moment, it helps our guardian be centered and not quite so worried about future possibilities. Fear does lie in the future. And when we ingrain ourselves, engage ourselves as fully as possible in the present moment, it helps our inner guardian to take a deep breath and be a little more still, a little more calm, a little more centered. And then another aspect of this is that when we focus on not only the present moment, but being our best possible selves in the present moment, It gives our inner guardians something productive to focus on. It fills the empty space in our brains with something productive. Because again, if we just get to this point where it's like, okay, I'm going to address this later. Or if we get to this point where we say, okay, I'm recognizing that this warning isn't helpful, so I'm not going to focus on this warning. If we stop there and don't have anything productive to fill that empty space, it's really hard to be our best and it often just automatically gets filled with unhelpful, unproductive things. But if we intentionally fill it with productive thoughts, with how can I be my best right now, all of a sudden that thought process owns that space and we can so much more easily be in control of our focus and the way we show up in the present moment situation. Thank you all so much for listening. I really hope these tips were helpful for you, and I look forward to hearing about how things go as you apply them. Please reach out to me at brennan at behighperforming.com to tell me about it. Also, you may have noticed that only my most recent podcast episodes are available and then they start to disappear as new ones come out. If you would like 
unlimited access to all my podcast episodes, stay tuned for the Be High Performing Community, a platform designed to provide you with the ongoing training, support, and camaraderie that you need to bring your performance and well-being to ever-increasing levels. So excited for that. Make sure to share this podcast with three friends or share it on social media. As we share this with others, it'll help them join us on the journey to high performance. Thank you so much again. Let's be high performing. Your mind is the control center for everything you do. Optimize your mind and you'll optimize your performance. Be High Performing for Athletes is the ultimate online course for athletes who are ready to take their game to the next level through proven mental skills and performance enhancing techniques. The price will go up, so make sure to sign up now at BeHighPerforming.com.